Hey, thanks so much for being with us here today for the Creek Church Online. We're so glad you're here. Uh, over the last three weeks, we've been talking about this idea of joy. Uh, and here's the way we've defined joy. Joy is the steadfast confidence that God is in control of all the details of my life and the settled assurance that ultimately everything's going to be all right. Uh, we've talked about how we get joy, how we keep joy, and who joy comes from. And, and, and over the last few weeks, we've talked about the fact that joy is possible for all of us, that we can all have joy, that you can have it, that I can have it. You can have joy in your life. And it's essential because when we go through tough times, we need joy. We need to have joy in our life during those difficult seasons because they help us get through those difficult seasons. But the thing that stuck out for, for me the most is that joy, it's optional. That you choose joy. That joy is something that we choose in our life. Uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, he, he would say it this way. He would say, when, when problems come your way, when trials come your way, it's an opportunity for joy, that you can choose joy in those moments. It's almost like you can prepare yourself to meet those moments with joy. Uh, but for all of us, there's one thing I think that can stand in the way of our joy. It can be a barrier for us to experience the joy that Jesus and a life of following Jesus promises us. And I want to talk to us about that one thing because it's in you and it's in me. Uh, you've been the victim of it. You've been the perpetrator of it. Uh, there have been times where you've seen it and it's not pretty because it's in all of us. And it limits our access to joy. Uh, it's that thing that keeps us from celebrating the success of others. It's that thing inside of us that keeps us from initiating the apology when we know we're in the wrong. It's, it's that thing in us that keeps us arguing our point even when we don't have a good point. Uh, it keeps us from admitting our weaknesses. It keeps us from being honest with ourselves and seeking help. And more importantly, it keeps us from being honest with others. Uh, it causes us to feel good when other people fail. It causes us to cheat to win, and, and it causes us to lie about our past. And the thing about this thing, it's, it's the sin that leads to all other sin. It's pride. That pride does all of those things in our life. That pride, it limits our capacity to admit what we need to admit. It limits our ability to apologize for what we need to apologize for. It it. It's that feeling inside of us when we know we need to apologize for that creates a battle to, to bring up the ideas and the thoughts that, hey, I was only half wrong. That's pride. Pride will do that. It limits our capacity to say what we need to say to people around us, to the people closest to us that so need our compliments and our encouragement. Pride keeps us from being able to say, hey, I'm proud of you. Hey, I love you. Hey, you're, you're doing a great job. Pride keeps us from that. And it, limit, it limits our capacity to love those around us. And not only that, it limits our ability to receive love. That for us, pride can limit us from being able to even receive a compliment. Um, it's a sneaky thing. And, and sometimes we don't even know that it's happening. That right now, as you sit at your computer or watch on your phone or watch on your iPad, no matter where you are, you might have in your mind someone else. That's pride. If you're thinking and hearing about pride and you're thinking of someone else, that's pride. Because pride, it's easy to spot in other people, but it's so hard to spot in our own lives. Um, it's a tricky thing. It, it dwells so deeply within us that 
it 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 sabotages our relationships in ways that sometimes they can't recover. Um, it, it keeps us from celebrating the people that mean the most to us. It squeezes people out. It moves people that are gifted and talented away from us. And and at the end of the day, pride, it, it's like a mirror. Pride, when you look into that mirror, all you will see is yourself. That as a result of pride, it crowds people out of our life. C.S. Lewis, he, he would write, he would say it this way in his book, Mere Christianity. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you can't see anything that is above you. That when we are so full of ourselves that there's no room for anyone else. And the dangerous part is that when there's no one, there's no room for anyone else, there's no room for God. That Proverbs 3 tells us that God resists the proud. Not because God wants to resist, resist them. That's because the prideful people, they resist God. They have no room for God. Pride, it will keep you from experiencing the joy that Jesus offers to you. That if you want a life that's full of joy, if you want a joyful life, pride, it has to go. Uh, pride and joy, it's like oil and water. You, you can mix the two together all you want, but pride will always rise to the top. Our, our friend Paul, he would share with us. He would share with the church in Philippi. He would share with all of us a remedy to pride and an opportunity for us to experience the joy we've always been promised. That if we're willing to do this one thing, that we can get rid of pride and experience joy. He wanted the Philippians. He wanted them to experience joy, and he wants you to experience joy. Because he knew this, that when you follow Jesus, you find joy. But... To follow Jesus and to find joy, you have to unfollow pride. So how do we do that? How do we unfollow pride in our lives? Paul's solution is this. It's humility. That humility, it's the only thing that can get us out of what pride got us into. Humility is the only thing that we can use to get us back on the path to experiencing a joyful life. And here's Paul's remedy. He would share with, with us this remedy in Philippians 2. He, he's, he starts with this. Don't be selfish. Here's what Paul knows about you, and here's what Paul knows about me. That the first person I think about when I wake up in the morning is me. I like me some me. And here's what I'm going to bet is true. That you like you <laughs> some you. Uh, pride, it leads us to a reliance on self and a pursuit of our own self-interest. And those two things, pride and faith, they can't coexist because faith, it requires us to be reliant on in behalf uh, or believe in something that's far greater than ourselves. And when pride stands in the way, we can't experience faith that brings joy. That Paul, he would say, don't be selfish. Get it out of the way. Don't, don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. The, the type of pride that is rooted in the recognition from others, it, it forces us to see ourselves as better than others. So we have to be focused on others. And, and Paul would say, you have to leave selfishness. You have to leave that desire for your own self-interest. So how do we do that? Do, how do we do that? Paul would say, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others as well. That Humility is really just, it's not 
thinking less of yourself. It's, it's thinking of yourself less. That we all want the same thing at the end of the day. We, we want to be heard and we want to be understood. And, and for most of us, we could think back on any argument that we've had with our spouse, any argument that we've had with a friend, that at the end of the day, the result of that was that we wanted something for ourselves, that we didn't get what we wanted because of pride. But humility, it helps us remove that because if pride is a mirror and all you see is yourself, humility, it's like a window. And when you look through that window, you see the interest of others, that humility is others focused. And Paul would encourage us and call us to this as Jesus followers. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. So Paul, Paul, what's that attitude? What is it that we're supposed to do as Jesus followers that helps us to live humbly and remove that pride and access that joy that Jesus promises? He gives us this. Jesus, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. That Jesus, of all the people that had the right to play the right card, the, the Son of God, Jesus, the one that was there at creation, He chose to set those things aside. He chose not to play the right card. In fact, the only times we see Jesus play the right card are with the religious, uh, those who thought they were close to God, those who were filled with the most pride. That although Jesus was fully God, He emptied himself and took on the limitations of humanity. That instead, he gave up his divine privileges. That's what Paul says. He would give up those divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. And he was born as a human being. That God would come and be human with us. Humility, it doesn't grasp at its rights and its privileges. Humility, it's not entitled to what it deserves. Humility, it's willing to serve others at its own expense, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't come as a self-serving ruler who wanted to conquer and subjugate the world. Instead, he came as a lowly servant to others. When Jesus showed up and he arrived to the world, he entered a world that was full of religious and political pecking order. He, he showed up and he redefined greatness. That greatness isn't about defending who I am or whether I'm right or whether I have the most toys or who's the loudest. Greatness is about benefiting others in the interest of others. And at the end of Jesus' ministry, he would show that by the way he served his followers, that he would wash his disciples' feet. And here's the thing. Judas was one of those whose feet he would wash. And then Jesus directs them to do this, to go and do likewise. That kind of humility, it breaks the power that pride holds over us. It's radical and it destroys pride. But the most significant thing that Jesus did was that he took the first steps to reconciling and fixing the relationship between us and God. Paul says this, When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus didn't wait for us to start the conversation. As the Son of God, He initiated the conversation for forgiveness. Jesus was guiltless, no sin, no shame, yet He came down to earth to die for us. And if we follow Jesus in that one way, 
If we choose to humble ourselves in this one way, it has the power to break pride and let us live and access the joy that Jesus has promised us. But here's the thing. Here's what I want to warn you about. Pride's going to say no. Pride's going to tell you, hey, don't initiate the forgiveness. Pride's going to tell you they're just as guilty as you are. Pride's going to tell you, just think about it. Take some time. Pray about it. But Jesus, he, he encourages us to forgive. He encourages us to serve and to put others first and to love the way he has loved us, which is to put himself to death on a cross. That we don't need to pray about removing pride from our life. We just need to obey and remove it from our life and practice humility. So today, I want to give you some practical habits that we can put in place so that we can experience a joyful life. Uh, the first of those is that we need to get honest. So get honest. The first step to fixing pride is admitting your life is built on a lie. That you don't need fixing. That's the first step. That we have to be honest with ourselves. That we have to get so ridiculously honest with ourselves and with God and with those around us. How does pride show up in you? How does it? How does it show up in you? Because here's what I know. If you don't know, there's someone around you who can tell you. Is it, is it your confidence? Or, or is a better word for it your arrogance? Is it your intellect? Is it your desire to always be right? Does it show up in, the, in your sarcasm, in your insecurity? Is it your unwillingness to admit an addiction? Maybe you drink too much. Maybe you've been going to those prescriptions a little too often. Maybe you struggle with porn pornography. Um, maybe you're spending too much money on things you don't need. Where is your pride hiding? And how is it hiding? Because pride, it's been telling us that we should hide those things. We should put those things to the side. That they won't make you better. But that's a lie. That's how pride keeps you where you're at. Here's a question. How much longer are you going to allow pride to steal your joy? Don't, don't hide behind pride anymore. Don't, don't keep it in and keep others out. We would... would we would be better off if we continue and to seek humility for our lives and get pride out of the way. The second one, practice gratitude. That entitled people are never grateful people. So remove entitlement from your life. If, if you feel like someone owes you something, stop. Take a moment and think about all the things that you can be grateful for. If you've had a bad day, stop. Think about all the things that you have that you can be grateful for. As I get older, it's so hard for me to want to get in this mindset of entitlement. I, I get this idea that I've worked hard for this. I deserve this. But that has the potential to undermine everything I've worked for. And it has the potential to destroy my future as, as a good father, as a good husband, as a good follower of Jesus, and as a pastor. So, so be grateful. Don't miss those opportunities to be get grateful. Third, you, you should serve others. That serving others is the most efficient and effective way to practice humility. That Jesus modeled it, and so should we. So, go out today and find someone to serve. It's hard to be prideful when you're serving people around you. So, how, how can you serve those around you? Hey, kids at home, you want to give your parents a heart attack? Ask them this week, how can I serve you? Husbands, wives, 
Find ways that you can serve your spouse this week in a way that shows them that their interest comes before yours. Bosses, employees, how can you serve the people that you work around in your office? How can you serve those around you? Here's the four, four words I want to give you when it comes to serving that I think will change everything. How can I help? Those four words, ask those four words, give those four words to someone and serve them sometime this week and moving forward. Uh, fourth, be teachable. And I think this is probably one of the most important of these five habits. You should be able to learn from anyone. And I know this season is hard because there's an election coming up and we got people bickering back and forth about who's right, whose choice is right, whose candidate's best. Look, if you, wanna, if you really want to be teachable, you have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to say, I want to understand you. Because here's the question I often hear people ask. I don't understand how they could choose to do this. I don't know how they could behave this way. You know where the problem is in that question? It's you. Because you're saying, I don't understand. James, he would encourage us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So this week, be teachable. Find someone you don't understand that makes no sense to you, that you can't comprehend why they would behave in the way that they would behave. And start a conversation and be quick to listen and slow to speak. And then last, celebrate others. Uh, take time this week to celebrate someone in your life. That's what friends are for, so we can celebrate with them. And, and we get joy out of that. Push others into the spotlight. Give credit to the people in your life and then encourage those around us. Because here's what we need to know. If you want to experience the joy Jesus promised, you have to adopt the attitude that Jesus promised. There's joy waiting for all of us if we're just willing to practice a little humility.